So there I am, in a room full of women of varying ages and outfits, and we're all ready to go, and the music comes on. Uh, I'm like, what? What a What fresh 80s hell have I stumbled into? It's me, Cindy, and fully committed to, and so far sticking with, my decision to be better to my body this year, I've branched out. I've added on from yoga and random living room dancing. I've added, for at least as long as the library classes last, Pilates and Zumba. Full disclosure, it's the gold version, which is to say Zumba Junior or Zumba Senior, or I don't know why they didn't go with silver instead of gold, which would have made it more clear from the get-go, but nobody asked me. Anyway, it's like Zumba light. I tried Zumba once before. I was on a cruise with my friend Lane, and it was in the daily program, and I was game. After all, it's dancing, sort of. But as I walked out the door, Lane said, see you in five minutes. Knowing I'm not a big fan of exerting myself and clearly having a deeper knowledge of what Zumba requires, she was 100% correct. I got up to the class, spent about four and a half minutes wildly flailing my arms and legs, trying to follow the patterns that everybody else was executing perfectly, and then went off to find a cup of coffee in a quiet spot to gaze out at the ocean. That's my kind of morning activity. But Miranda, who is in the best shape of anybody I know, was going to sign up for the two classes at the library and asked if I was game to join her. Yeah, okay, I can try again. It would certainly fuel my new mindset to be better to my body. Plus, Zumba Gold, created for anyone who isn't or doesn't want to be up to the rigors of the full-on, super-skilled, major-effort Zumba, that would be me, seemed more possible. So the class starts and the music begins, and I recoil in horror because I don't want what a feeling in my head for the rest of the day or week, but I focus on clap slide to the left, clap, slide to the right. We go through versions of the Macarena, which I know from my significant amount of cruise experiences, and filled out the hour with some other innocuous yet rhythmic hits of the 70s and 80s, finally wrapping it up with Donna Summer's Last Dance. The significant point being, I survived. And I'll probably go back. Then there's the Pilates class. You know what Pilates is? Well, in case you don't, and I didn't, it sort of starts with yoga poses, only it focuses on building and strengthening your core. You know what your core is? It's that soft, cushy midsection, which from what the instructor was saying is supposed to be strong and toned and keeps your posture good. (laughs) So clearly, I got some work to do here as well. Fortunately, I learned years ago in yoga, the first round, that you do what feels okay and don't push way beyond your body's limits. That's not to say that you don't try for the full expression of whatever the pose, or in my case, the exercise is, but rather don't kill yourself going way beyond so you can't climb out of bed the next morning. So I'm sort of doing my own version of Pilates Jr., taking a break when I need to, maybe only doing eight repetitions and resting while the group completes their 10. (laughs) No judgment. I do what I can. And I cheer myself for doing any of it. I could just be on the couch watching Project Runway All-Stars. It's not just better overall shape that has me slipping into fitness wear and running out into the cold for the next round of whatever is on today's schedule. It's also a sense of I've got to take better care of myself. I had some sort of long streak of banging myself up. I figure it was the universe telling me I have to pay more attention and buy another box or two or band-aids. It started one morning last summer wearing a brand new pair of those light flowy pants. 
They were a little long, but come on, I'm not going to, you know, hem them. No. So I hopped out of my car, headed across the parking lot, and I did what I can only imagine was a very graceful pratfall onto the pavement. What was the first thing I did? I looked around quickly to see if anybody else had caught my swan dive. Nope. Only then did I do a full body scan to determine the damage beyond the now shredded new pants. Easy come, easy go. I was pretty sure nothing was broken, but my palms were scraped up and my knee was going to need some of those new band-aids. And as I stood back up slowly, I felt an uncomfortable tug behind my knee. Is that what the hamstring is? That seemed to set the stage for a series of pratfalls and collisions with shelves, doors, cuts, bruises, getting rained on by a shelf of Tupperware, which gave me two not-quite-black eyes, and the most recent, which I like to call the last one, as in final, because, okay, universe, I'm paying more attention, was when I nearly sliced off the tip of my thumb while making potatoes for some delicious scallop potato recipe. I couldn't even bear to look at it at first, so I just applied pressure to the tip for hours. It's fine now, although I went through a whole box of Band-Aids while I waited for it to heal. But here's what occurred to me. First, it's hard to do anything and not use your thumb. Although since I always have plenty of birthday decorations at hand, I grabbed a balloon and put it over the bandage anytime I had to shower or wash dishes. But bigger than, oh, how clever am I to have thought to use a balloon, I had a big revelation about how many things can go wrong and how really amazing it is when everything is right. Look at the numbers. We have, most of us, 10 fingers, 10 toes, 79 organs, 206 bones, more than 600 muscles, and somewhere close to 100 billion nerves. And it hit me that with all those parts, It's got to be some sort of miracle that we take for granted when everything is working and not causing us pain or discomfort, right? Along that same train of thought, you ever hit your funny bone or you get a paper cut and you're like, I can't believe how much this hurts. And it makes you, or should make you if only briefly, appreciate the times when your elbow or your fingertip doesn't hurt. Really, it is like a miracle. And how often did I ever stop to think about and really appreciate that? Not very often. And if it takes a swan dive in the parking lot or mistaking my thumb for a potato to really get it, then it was worth it, even if it did set me back a couple of dollars for Band-Aids and cost me a new pair of really pretty pants. Here's how I get to the silver lining part with the pants. I'll never have to decide when to get rid of them. I won't be holding on to them long past the time I liked them or had something to wear with them. Not that it didn't inflict its own pain having to throw them away, but once you shred the neon asphalt, you or I just have to cut your losses. And I still have plenty of pants and shirts and sweaters and, well, plenty of clothing that I could still get rid of, pass on, or turn into dust cloths. <laughs> like I dust. But as I've said before, I know I'm not alone there. We're a nation of clutter collectors, and either some or most of us have varying levels of difficulty parting with the excess stuff. The other day, a few of us were talking about one of those reality shows where the hosts come in and help people clear out and organize. I was saying I had seen an episode of one of them once where the host went into the basement with the woman whose house it was, and there were dozens of boxes down there. Boxes of what? Well, they weren't labeled, and the woman who owned them wasn't even sure. So the host said, 
we'll just throw them all away. And the woman was adamantly against that idea, for good reason, I might add. Who'd agree to that? Or at least I know I would not agree. So the host said, okay, then, if you can tell me one thing that's in this box, you can keep it. Oh, oh, man. And of course, the woman couldn't. And I had to shut off the TV. Yeah, I have major attachment to stuff issues. Even unidentified mystery stuff, given my reaction to the TV show. And then someone said, oh, I have a friend who moved from Long Island to Florida for nearly two decades and came back to Long Island with boxes she'd never opened after the first move. And so she threw them all away. (laughs) But what if her grandmother's china was in one of those boxes, said another. What if it was, asked the ever-practical, totally grounded Miranda. So what? Days later, I keep rolling that around in my head. What if her grandmother's china was in one of those boxes? Well, that kind of stuff means something to some people. Less to others, as all reports about millennials not giving a good hoot about their mother's aunts or grandmother's anything point to the value being relative. And by relative, I don't mean family. And while that puzzles me, how can family heirlooms and relics, those links to history, not matter? I kind of got to congratulate them and envy their detachment. Years from now, they won't find themselves on some reality show having a stranger help them reclaim their storage spaces. Wish I could say the same for me. Oh, gotta run. Netflix is calling. They have a new show on getting organized, and Marie Kondo says she can help me.